Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 on the wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. For Keonday, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department. Backs it up every step of the way. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Todd, great to have you with us today. Good afternoon, sir. Anything on your sporting mind today? We're going to hear from we're going to have the hear from the Prince of Rant in a few moments. Huh. Matt Catrello will be calling in. You and I at that point can go over and get a cup of coffee, maybe a sandwich, something. I that, I was going to say that should that might fill up two segments after last night. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. So I'm not really going to listen to him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So yeah. So that's what we've got. Um, yeah, that's what we have coming up. We've got Matt in a few moments. So what we'll do is, since we've set the tone, and later on we'll have Neil Coolong. He'll attempt to explain the Steelers. I, you know, you can't be paid enough to do that. Uh, we'll uh, come back and hear from Matt in a moment, and we'll take our break here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And the entertainment is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, can. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way. Routine, difficult. They handle it all. It's Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And now we go over to the Cave of Depression and bring in Matt Catrillo with the rant of the week. That is 110% accurate. I, I need my sports therapist now more than ever. Did somebody mention, I don't know, on this show maybe that when they were 10-1 and one, that they're an 8-3 and three team that's 10-1 and one and everybody just kind of went, pfft, pfft. Uh, you, you are correct. I am the belief of of Bill Parcells you are what your record says you are but that, that, um, is that has that definitely is, changed you know what? Dick Girardi and I have talked about that we think that has always been the biggest hunk of bull that we've heard forever 
Your record is what you know it's not. Okay? You have to actually sit down and take the time and examine a team to really understand pitfalls, problems, whatever, along the way. Uh, and I, that's always been one of those, like, no. Okay. But that's just us. I mean, we've only done a billion games. Don't worry about us. Go ahead. <laughs> but obviously that has changed since then. And as I said on the show last week, how these last four games go determines where I feel about Nick Sirianni as the head coach of this team going forward. And as I put out on X last night, the clock is ticking Nick Sirianni. After that disaster of an ending last night to the way he handled everything with the defensive coordinator thing, we'll get to that in a second, the clock is ticking. And there's something else that you have said and I gave him every benefit of the doubt that I could because of his early success with the team. But now I'm fully convinced and with you on this, Steve, 100%, and that means this team's in very big trouble, is that Nick Sirianni is not mature enough to get this team out of the rut that it's in. A lot of it came plain and simple last night with the way things were handled. All, I should say not just last night, all of last week, of this past week. The way it was handled of turning over the keys to Matt Patricia from Sean Desai on the defensive side of the ball, the way he handled himself during the game last night, all the supposed finger-pointing that's been going on the last couple of weeks, that all comes from the top. It starts at the top, and that's Nick Sirianni. So this team's in a very bad spot right now and in very danger of – a complete free fall. Not only is this team not getting back to the Super Bowl this year, this team's not going to win a playoff game. Heck, I don't even know how many games of these final three games that they're going to be so-called favorite in that they're actually going to win. So, yes, the clock is ticking on Nick Sirianni. I don't care if he's the only coach in Eagles history to make the playoffs in his first three years. I don't care if he made the Super Bowl last year and you got a record 14 consecutive wins. I don't care. The fact that we're at this point now off a Super Bowl berth last year to the point where there are some cracks now in the locker room to everything that's been handled with the coaching staff, if you free fall and do lose and go one and done in the playoffs, that is fireable for me. That means you're going to lose the locker room, and once you lose the locker room, you're out. Plain and simple. The well, clock is ticking on Nick Sirianni. Well, I think they have some advantages here coming up down the stretch. Number one, they don't have to face the starting quarterback. They've already lost to that guy in Dallas. They don't have to play the backup quarterback. They already lost to that guy in Seattle. Now they're going to face the third-string quarterback, and I just think your odds increase. Not after you give up a 92-yard drive to Drew Locke last night. <laughs> but he's the <laughs> All backup are off now. But again, he's the backup quarterback. See, as each week goes, the Eagles are getting down the line on quarterbacks. Pro bowler, backup. <laughs> now you're up to the third string. I see hope. But then here's this. You still have to face their starting running backs. And with the way they haven't been, they, teams have been running the ball down the defense's throat... You can still win the game. 
Barkley has killed the Eagles in his entire career, and I'm not so sure the Eagles can stop him next week either. And, oh, by the way, with Arizona, sure, they're 3-11, but you know what? They're playing better football right now. And you know what? Kyler Murray and James Conner are a little hard to stop. They got up to a good start against San Francisco last week, and that's because James Conner is a hard runner. And if the Eagles continue to tackle the way they have, where are those fundamentals, Nick Sirianni? Then you know what? That's going to be hard sledding, too. That's why I'm not so sure the Eagles can win these final three games. Thought uh, gutsy performance by Jalen Hurts. It sort of played out the way I thought it would last night. I thought he would get off to a good start, but as the game went, that's where the fatigue comes into play. I mean, it's... And you could just see overthrows, ball skipping off the turf. He did the best he could last night. I give him a lot of the credit. Only, the only I, I do give him a lot of credit. I, I'll say I'll say that. All right? I, I don't want to take that away from him from the, the human element side of things. But the mistakes that he made last night are the same mistakes that he's made the entire year when he's been one hundred percent. Right? No, no. He it's threw the, the it's interception. It's not seeing the receivers downfield. Yes, the interceptions downfield the whole nine yards. It's the same mistakes over and over. Yeah, no, that's what he's been doing. He has, what, 17 turnovers this year as opposed to five last year, so he's a minus 12, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's double from last year. Yeah, and said 17 turnovers total, 12 interceptions now, and it's all from the same mistakes. You had Gainwell right in front of you, and he had plenty of room in front of him to maybe get into the outskirts of field goal range during Mm -hmm. the game last night on the final drive. Mm -hmm. That's one example. So right now the Eagles are the number five seed. And technically they're two games behind San Francisco, not one. Uh, because San Francisco beat them. And not only was last night's loss damaging in some ways, it was also a conference loss. Um, meanwhile, the Steelers have justifiably fallen to the 10 seed. <laughs> You know, things could be a little bit worse than they are on the western side of the state. Uh, You know, I I will say that. That's probably the only positive I've got right now. I mean, but I give Jalen Hurts credit. Went out there, played sick, did the best he could. It's not like he complained of an aching toe and sat out for two months. (laughs) I'm not surely what you mean. Now, here's the other thing, too, with, with Nick Sirianni. So, we, we, we talked about the game last Your night. Guy. Now, about this whole thing with with uh, Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. Yeah. I, I don't think – now, I think ultimately it was still a slightly premature move because even in the – if you take the Dallas game last week, sure, they were awful in the first half and it continued the stretch of having ten touchdowns. Not, they allowed nine touchdowns on on ten possessions after they had the three outs against the 49ers. But in that second half, things weren't things weren't great, but they were better, and they only gave up nine points. The offense didn't do its job. So I think I would have I would have allowed Desai, I would have liked to have seen Desai to see if he can work things out. And if he didn't, then you make a change in the offseason with a guy like Patricia. If you're going to make a change then you use Patricia. I think that's the reason why the Eagles brought him in. So I don't mind the, the personnel move itself, but 
It's the way that it was done with the lack of transparency. And I don't want to hear these excuses he gave last night. Oh, it's a competitive disadvantage. I wanted to tell the guys first, that's a load of baloney. Just make the move and say why you're going to make the move. If he had just said what he had just said, I'm the one that made the decision, it's because I felt it was best for the team because we weren't coaching well enough. If he would have just said that at the beginning of the week last week, that's fine. And that's a perfectly acceptable answer for everybody to hear. And that's when you tell the team first before you go out to the media. That's what's called being a head coach, Nick. Not trying to hide things around. And then it, it still even looks kind of wishy-washy because Sean decides the defensive coordinator, but he's going to be up in the booth and kind of an outcast, and Matt Patricia's calling all the plays. You might as well have just fired the guy. You can't have it both ways. It's either he's doing his job or he's not. It's one or the other, Nick. So the whole thing was so weaselly, which was the beginning of me seeing that this guy is immature and not mature enough to bring this team out of the funk that it's in right now and why this team is in dangerous straits right now. I mean, the whole thing was just lack of transparency, and it was weaselly, quite honestly. He lost a little uh, street cred with the media on that one. No question. Usually he's been pretty good straight shooter with them. This one, it wasn't that way. So... And exactly, because he was flat out asked about that in the first uh, first question of his press conference, I think on either last Monday or last Thursday. He was flat out asked, are you going to make some coaching decision changes after, after the last two weeks? And he said no. He flat out said no. We're 10-3. and three, We're okay. And then you make that kind of a move? Please. So you don't seem very happy today, was it? No, no. I'm angry. I'm pretty angry, to be honest with you. I did not sleep well last night after that loss. That, so you're that the one last that... night's loss goes down as one of the worst losses I have suffered as an Eagles fan, to be honest with you. Now you, so in other words, you got up and you're the one that actually fed John Paul last night. <laughs> I was actually taking care of Marky Mark because he still isn't the greatest sleeper in the world. But yeah, she was she was taking care of John Paul last night. So yeah. Right. So, 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 Mark, the middle son, correct, is struggling because you freaked out over the Eagles. It could be possible. He did watch the <laughs> actually. He watched the first half with me last night. He did before before we put him to bed. Well, no wonder the kid had nightmares. All right. <laughs> I told him, I said, Mark, you're in for your big first big disappointment as an Eagle fan. I said, I said that to him this morning. We had a heart-to-heart about that. <laughs> Did he have any understanding as to what you are saying? He's two. <laughs> Not really. He just knows the fight song, and that's about it. And, he, and he'll yell, go, go, go with the TV, and that's about it. Oh, so he was the one on the Metcalf catch that was yelling, go, go, go. It's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give credit where credit's due. I mean, the two catches by Metcalf on the game when he drive were phenomenal catches. Um, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, his catch, he beat Bradbury. He beat him. But it still was a terrific catch the way he reached out and got the ball. See, that's when I look at the NFL draft now, 
If I've got an opportunity at an explosive player and a line player, I'm going to take the explosive player every time. I, I call it the Jamar Chase theory as to how to go about it. Jackson Smith and Jigba is that kind of player. So you don't seem happy. No, this is going to be a very long week. It's Christmas! <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's the only distraction and good thing about this week. I mean, you got three great boys, great wife, the whole thing, You're and you're over here throwing stuff against a wall because a team that is a good, not great team lost. <laughs> you know what you were getting yourself into. And so did Lisa. Oh, no, I've referred to this as the entertainment and the uh, trip to the uh, Temple of Doom. <laughs> there you have it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Steve Jones show live on WKOK 1070 AM sponsored by the Sunbury Motors Company. I'm Todd Homo here. We'll have Neil Kulong here in at about 206 to discuss the Steelers. Just had Matt Catrillo on uh, to discuss the Eagles. Uh, as you could tell, Mr. Catrillo was not happy in the least. And as the I, <laughs> I can't say anything because I'm a Seahawks fan and I enjoyed it. So, but that's a big help for the Steelers and not too much of a help for the, the Eagles, obviously. Uh, we'll have to see what's uh, having some technical difficulties here again here in the Sunbury Motors studio. Uh, going back to that, uh, going back to the Eagles game last, Eagles-Seahawks game last night, I thought it was real interesting on that last drive. Saw some replays. Seems there might have been some questions on uh, whether the Seahawks receiver got it, got his foot inbounds. Uh, you know, it appears I thought he did, but I, I'm a little biased on that one. I'm sure the Eagles fans uh, didn't think that was true either. Uh, what else is going on? Are you saying the interception? He get his foot inbounds? Uh, there was some. There was some uh, question on online at least when I was looking that no. uh, the feet were no. mixed up you there. Could, I could tell right. I, when they showed the first replay, when they showed the first replay, like looking at it, you could see his foot hit the ground. I was like, "That is a phenomenal play." So I, I had no doubt at that point that he picked it. I mean, that, that's in the end, the guy just made a great play, right? The one angle looks like it's not, but the other angle you can actually see the uh, pellets come up in the turf, and that, that's the key. It's one thing about artificial turf that's a little bit different, uh, field turf compared to grass, it, uh, the pellets. You can see the pellets come up, that means it hit. You could see when that the, the pellets came up, and you're like, he got it. 
I mean, that's to me it was like because you're like, wow, phenomenal. You get him bounds, and so at the first replay, I was like, yep, he's in. We're done. I think the only way you don't think he didn't pick it off is if you're a diehard Eagles fan and go, he couldn't have. Like, look, first of all, you shouldn't have thrown the ball deep on that play. Okay, I'm sitting there with 13 seconds ago. I said, watch. I, I said to somebody, I said. Watch, they're going to do something dumb. They're going to go deep. Gee, what'd they do? They went deep. Get into field goal range, then take your shot. Okay? It was not a very smart sequence by them. Some people just don't do well under pressure, and maybe he's, maybe as we go on, he's not, you know, sometimes he maybe he's panicking a little bit late for lack or, of a better term. Or maybe it's Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, yeah. panicking. And, and again, you know. Uh, so let's get to this one. The uh, Monte KZ, we're going to get into this with Neil Kulong. Did you see the play with Michael Pittman of the Colts? I did see the play. I, I also saw some really – Good pictures from the Indianapolis paper from the play, too. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I could see suspending him a game. Okay, just to... Uh, but to be honest with you, he, he hit him with his shoulder. The Jack Ham and I talk about the targeting thing all the time. All the time. First of all, targeting to me is to me is malicious intent. It's malicious intent. You know, leading with the helmet, helmet to helmet, but not making a sh- well-timed shoulder tackle. He used his shoulder. Right? I'm like, you know, and again, I have no dog in the hunt. I don't care. Colts, Steelers, what didn't matter to me. Don't care. That's why I'm like I'm watching Seattle and Philadelphia last night. See, I could talk about the last play with Love. I don't care. I have no money. You know, I never bet on any games ever, never have. Didn't really care who won the game. Just wanted to watch a really good game that was fun, entertaining, exciting. That's what I'm doing. So I'm able to look at the Love play and go, yep, got his foot down. We're done. All right? Yeah. Same thing with this. No dog in the hunt. The guy led with his shoulder. Now, did he? Was it well timed? It looked brutal. Of course, it looked brutal. But it's not helmet to helmet. I mean, Michael Michael Pittman's not out with a with a concussion. I mean, come on. I, I, I this is this is. This one, I, I looked at that one. I said, "I'm sorry, that isn't fair." And the ejection came from New York. It did not come from the officials on the field. Now it should be pointed out that Casey is a repeat offender. He has previously been fined five times for about mm, almost sixty thousand dollars this season for unnecessary roughness. So he does, you know, he does have a a rather interesting sheet 
How about that? But with the way Pittman was laid out and, and going for that ball, I don't know what exactly what he's KZ is supposed to do in the air to avoid that contact. Or I, agree, I guess he's just time. supposed to let him catch it. Colts assistant secondary coach Mike Mitchell said, look, I don't know what to tell my safeties anymore. Jack and I talk about this, Todd, all the time. Now I'm talking one of the greatest defensive players to ever play the game. And he and Jack played the game right. I mean, Jack played the game right. Okay? And everybody knows it. If he doesn't know what it is, nobody knows. And I was I was watching a game, this is a few years ago. USC was playing Nebraska. I think it was in the holiday. No, holiday bowl? I think it was in that um, Foster Farms Bowl up in Santa Clara or something like that. And a guy from Nebraska went up and hit shoulder to shoulder with one of the USC defenders or one of the USC receivers. Shoulder to shoulder. And they threw him out of the game for targeting. I'm like going, targeting? What are you talking about? Targeting? Didn't hit the head, didn't hit the neck, didn't do anything, led with his shoulder, never, nothing. I understand how they're trying to do a better job of legislating safety. And I would like to point out there's one other element that I think is important with the rule that should always be talked about. You always have outside influences screaming about the, quote, violence in football. Okay. All right. I got it. I understand. Uh, so you're trying to do everything you can to, to keep the game going and save it. And that's one of the reasons for this rule. But from a common sense point of view, I don't see it on this play. I know that the, the whole thing looks bad. But just because it looks bad doesn't mean it is bad. I don't know what you think, but that's that's how I look at it. I, it again, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. I think you kind of, when you watch a replay, you know what targeting is because it just, you know, it's usually it, it's where the questions come is when you know the offensive player is making a move late and you know a defender's already in the air and, and can't control himself and. It's just I I feel like they started erring on the side of caution, and it's gone too far to that side of it. Yeah, again, I don't mind caution. My issue is if he were suspended for a game, I'd be like, okay, because he's already had five unnecessary roughness calls. This is six that look bad. Okay, I could see a game. But they suspended him for the season. I mean that like really he got suspended for the season i wonder if it's a function of also seeing you know what they did to kareem jackson and maybe he was supposed to learn a lesson that they don't feel he learned hmm that's interesting i never thought of it never thought about that hmm that's an interesting one um that's a really good point and so i mean sometimes that does affect how they how they feel about it um we're seeing though interesting overrules coming in from um, centralized officiating. So 
according to Mike Tomlin, what was called in the field, him getting thrown out, was actually done from New York. It was not done in the field. Okay. And remember that punt return Cooper DeGene had against Minnesota when they were down 12-10 with about a minute and 10 seconds to go? And no flag. He ran it back. Iowa takes the lead in the whole thing, and it got called back because the centralized fishing unit in Chicago said he gave a fair catch signal when he was just pointing. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, I don't get it. What are we doing? Ah, I don't know. Again, I don't want I don't want AI. I don't want robots officiating. I don't want that. Uh, but I think you also my my biggest problem is over the years has has gone from anything on the field or court to the replay guys. Like I've seen more mistakes from the replay guys where I sit back and like Dick and I or Jack and I were looking at each other and go, "What the heck, really?" Like one way or the other, we're not sitting there about, you know, like it went against Penn State. I'm just saying about the actual call itself. I mean, I remember one time a ball skipping off the turf and Nick Suke uh, getting credited with an interception, and we looked at the replay and we was like, the ball went off the turf. Right? And they called it. Nope, it's good. We're like, it's good. It's not good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> really? It benefited Penn State, but it was the wrong call. And the replay guys did that. Okay. I must have missed something. Must have missed something. Hey, by the way, the uh, we have Neil Kulong today. I think 206 is Neil today, right? Correct. Yes. And then tomorrow, David Kellum, the play-by-play voice of Ole Miss, is going to join us on the show. Thursday, Mark Brennan at 110, right out of the gate. And then Nate Bauer at 135. All right. And then I think we have the suit. Uh, not the suit. By the way, the suit texted me today. I can't even begin to tell you in a million years what my record was on the bowl picks over the weekend. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I really wasn't paying much attention. I was just having fun with it. I get a text today. I had a nice opening weekend. I went six and two. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Are you sure you wanted to take this job? Hey, I I knew what I was, but that's only because I have mine sitting up at my desk office or my office desk because that's my uh, pool for my office pool too. So, <laughs> oh no, that's fine because I didn't write down anything. <laughs> I'm sitting here right now. Let's see. What do I have paper? I don't have much paper next to me here. I have Lemoyne basketball stats. Last night's Lemoyne box score. I got the Penn State football practice schedule here. Got the Penn State basketball schedule here. And yes, I do have when the bowl games are, but I didn't mark down who I picked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got. <laughs> that's all the paper here. Just a one nice, friendly stack. Oh, well. Okay, we'll take a break. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
the show today. Doug from Wellsboro. Yo, brother, how are you? Hello, Doug. Hey, Doug, happy holidays. Hey, you too. Uh, Real quick, uh, you're talking about officiating. This happened again Saturday also. The number one thing in officiating that really I can't stand is when they guess. Yes. If if they they guess and make a call, it costs Penn State the game. I I don't understand how, how they break them of that. The same thing with the charge blocks or a foul or something like that. They can't guess. That, that's the bottom line. And you're absolutely right, Doug. I mean, other than a corrupt official, you know, as we all know what happened with Tim Donaghy and so forth with the NBA, the number one thing that, and I said this, anybody who listened to the broadcast on Saturday, as soon as it happened, I said, I looked, I said, Dick, you broke my number one rule. I said, it's a cardinal sin. Only call what you see. Never guess. I said, my under. I said my thought is I think he guessed. I can't totally agree. Can't do it. They, can't do it. You, you can't. You you cannot. You cannot just assume someone got hit on the arm or a ball went off somebody. You can't. But that's beside the point. Um, I mean, there's yeah, there's a thousand things that go into a game like that. But both teams put themselves in the position where it came down to one play. Well, you got to get the one play right. And when a guy falls down on his own saving it and nobody touches him, right? And all you have to do is not call anything because you didn't see it. And if they ask you, why didn't you call something? He says, I didn't see it. Hey, I know we're up against the clock. Uh, real quick, did did you happen to see any of that Montana-North Dakota State game on the way back from on Saturday? I did not because I was driving back. I listened to it. Uh, but I did not. I did not. I could. I I couldn't watch it. I didn't get back until uh, after eight o'clock. Tioka was doing the color commentary on that game for ESPN. Oh yeah, no. I oh no. I've talked to Tioka a lot. He has done a lot of games, uh, and he's done. And he's a really good commentator. Yeah, if you can have him on the show. Like I, the Frisco Bowl was until January or whatever, but those those NC the that level the FCA FCS playoffs been really cool. That game on Saturday, I've been by that stadium out there in Missoula. It's only like a thirty thousand thing stadium, but it is so loud and it's so cool out there at that level. Those kids aren't going pro; they're just playing to win. And, and that game went to overtime. And I just suggest you have Tayoko on just to either talk about Montana or talk about himself, what he's been doing. Good. That, that's that would be great. Let's see if we can work that out. It's going to be a little more of a compressed week, but let's see if we can work that out. Um, because I've got that game at Michigan State, and I got a game in Philadelphia that week. But uh, yeah, that's a great idea. I watched the Montana Furman game. Yeah. And the game ended at twelve thirty in the morning. And Doug, I just sat there and went, this is I had a lot of fun watching that game. I just enjoyed it. The the North Dakota skating went to overtime also. That was a crazy game and it went went down to a failed two point conversion at the end. It was close all the way also and it was it was just an awesome game at that for that level. Um Yeah, no, I, to me great games are great games because when I was in the hotel room on Friday night, I watched the division three title game that Cortland won. It was just a good game. Hey, I don't know any of the players on either team. Don't know any of the coaches. But I sat there. You know, I'm in the hotel room. I'm going. This is actually fun to watch. They played down in Salem, Virginia. It was great. 
Okay. Thanks a lot. I know you're up against the clock, so thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Doug. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Yeah. I just I just want to watch good games. That's been my biggest problem with the NFL and watching the NFL this year. There are some good games. There's no getting around it. But right now we're at the category of we're having some good games. Not a lot of good games. Right? I'm watching the Cortland game. Cortland won the game. They're facing the defending national champion. Beat them. It was a terrific game. I'm watching Montana Furman the week before. Um, I think I, I got back from the uh, doing the Penn State-Ohio State basketball game. And I flip on the TV and, wow, this is great. I'm going to watch this. Cold, a little bit of swirl of snow in the air. Playoff, winter moves on right to the semifinals. And Furman, here they are coming up from South Carolina, playing in Montana, playing a terrific game. Montana playing at home, playing a terrific game. It was just fun. A lot of fun. All right. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.